Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into Yvonne Latrell's podcast. I am the host, Yvonne Latrell. My co-host, SC, is with me today for Thoughtful Tuesday. SC, honey, how are you? Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. How are you? I'm good. I can't complain. That's great. Well, I'm trying to turn my mic up. Can you hear me good? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Okay, so um So, hey, how are you? <laughs> good. Still a little worn out for the from the weekend. But I'm good. Oh my I gosh. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that and um, we would like to apologize that we canceled Saturday's show at the last minute. Uh, SC was working on some project in Atlanta. I was drunk, drinking, and yeah. So do you want to talk about whatever or? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I just went out there. I tried to line some things up. You know, right now. Um, there's a, a strike with the, uh, the Actors Guild Association. Yes. With writers and yes. everything. So what I did was I went out there and tried to um, corner some things while the going was good, you know, and make some deals. And the deals came through. So once the strike goes off, you know, everybody calls it off, everybody calls the truth, wave their white flag. Hopefully, we'll get these projects off the ground. I can't wait. You know, I got a bunch of exciting projects coming up that I will be bringing special guests to the show. You know, just like the guest we have tonight. He's a long-time friend of mine, you know. Um, we call him Cowboy. We never call him by his first and last name, but we just call him Cowboy. But for the sake of the show, we'll call him by the whole thing, you know. And um, he's been doing a lot of great things with a lot of different celebrities like Leonardo DiCaprio and um, uh, Mia St. James, uh, the Hardy Boys and stuff, you know. But I'll let him tell his side of the story, you know. And um, I had a, a interesting meet and greet and an actual conversation with somebody from a legendary R&B group. Got to chop it up, talk, and and everything, you know. And hopefully, I can get him on the show. Um, they're, they're doing a lot of touring right now, you know. And I also got to talk to somebody that's a um, close good friend of DMX, and he said he'll come on the show. And uh, we had some very interesting conversations about DMX, you know. Rest in peace, you know. Um, I'm not going to bring him on the show to talk about the bad thing. We're going to talk about some good times and some of his memories of him, you know? Okay, um, okay. I got to see his obituary. Oh, my God, his obituary was like a catalog, you know? And I thought it was a book, actually, a, a catalog book or whatever. And when I asked him, I said, are you selling this? 
So he was like, no, nah, that's his obituary. I said, oh, wow. He said, yeah, only close friends and family got it, you know. So I was like, wow, you know. So I sat there and looked at every page on it. I seen pictures of him as a kid and a whole bunch of other stuff, you know. And he shared some great memories, you know. So got to do some studio time. was in the studio all day and up into the wee hours in the morning, you know, putting out some singles and some other stuff, you know. And uh, hopefully all this striking with the WGA will be over soon and I get to talk about some things and some projects, you know. But. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, I do want to say uh, happy anniversary to my twin brother and his wife. Uh, their anniversary was a few days ago. They have been married 26 years. So I want to say shout out to them. Much love. Um, it seems like, you know, they're going nonstop. Um, at this point, I don't think, uh, you know, nothing is going to stop them but death. And, you know, so I'm rooting for them um, because, you know, um, in this day and time, a marriage don't last that long. So I'm, I, d- I definitely, again, want to say happy anniversary to them. And uh, I don't know, maybe one day I I can bring my brother and sisters on the show and they could talk about their marriages. Of course, I'm definitely not going to talk about my failed marriage. That shouldn't have happened. So I shouldn't even brought that up. Bringing it up is just embarrassing. I'm I'm embarrassing myself. So, uh, yeah. Your mic is breaking um, up. Yvonne, your mic is breaking up. Is it breaking up bad? Yeah, it was... um, like choppy. How was it now? Just adjust. It sounds better. Better but or? But that was only a little bit. Okay. Okay. I, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. So how how long was it bad? It just started. It was it's okay. like digital dragon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, so. Yeah, so that's it uh, again. Uh, happy anniversary to my uh, twin brother and his wife again for 26 years. Congratulations. And, yeah, so. Okay, your your mic is breaking up again. You oh, my gosh. To, uh... <laughs> you you got to be kidding me. Nope. Talked about me all that time. See? Your turn. The universe paying you back. <laughs> am I am I still breaking up? Yeah, a little crackly. Um, okay, well you can go ahead and talk. I'm just gonna call into the show. Okay. Wait, what? All right. Well, you know, <laughs> would you like the show? <laughs> Did you like the show number, Yvonne? <laughs> to the Yvonne Trail. <laughs> It's 563-999-3548. Again, the number to the show, 563-999-3548. I'm just going to call and let myself in. Um, (laughs) Hold on, let me. I was going to block the number. As long as I see your number come out, I'm going to block it. Okay. How would you feel? <laughs> Can you hear me good? 
Say it again. How, how do I sound now? I just let myself in. You sound echoey, but turn that mic down or turn it off. And now I'm just talking. Okay, to I you turned now. it off. Oh, yeah, perfect. Much okay, better. good. <laughs> okay, yeah. great. It's always something with the mic. Wow. Yeah. No. Um, okay. Um, well, real quick before we uh, get into anything else, I just want to say, guys and dolls, even though tax uh, season is pretty much over, but if you are trying to work with someone, um, check out Tax Resource Center. Again, that's Tax Resource Center, and they have a website, Tax Resource taxresourcecenter.net. Again, that's www.taxresourcecenter.net. And also, Nicholas Sullican, he has a book out. It's called Infatuated with the Streets. That's Nicholas Sullican. And his book, Infatuated with the Street, is available on Amazon.com. And also, Randall Williams uh, he has some type of airplane uh, invention. It's currently under construction, so be on the lookout for that. Um, you will, you guys and dolls will be updated more about that. Again, that's Randall Williams. He has a airplane invention, and right now everything is under construction. So, tell you guys more about that later. Okay, I'm back to you, Bob. Well, in other news. <laughs> in other news. <laughs> what do you think about the um, the Chris Brown? I was trying to catch up on it because, you know, I, I was behind. I was, you know, not caught up in the loop about Chris Brown and Usher getting into a fight. It looked like there was an escape ring uh, from yeah. the videos that I saw, you know. Um, they said that Usher was jumped by Chris Brown and his crew. You know, now, allegedly. You, so, uh, allegedly, yes, yes, yes. Thank you for that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I I've seen something about Chris Brown was, uh, he had some words with that girl. I think she's a singer, Taylor, something. If I hear her name, I'll know it, but I don't know. But there was something about he was disrespecting her allegedly, and then, um. Usher, I guess, tried to, like, calm him down, whatever. I don't know. So, well, yeah, you go ahead and tell your story. i just seen some stuff online. But, okay, yeah, what were you going to say? Oh, yeah, I don't, you know, like you said, allegedly that took place, you know. And um, it's just, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, when you make a certain amount of money, that should be the last thing on your mind is fighting because all it's going to cause is a lawsuit. Are you gonna wind up losing it? But then again, I don't know what the whole situation was. You know, somebody could have felt disrespected, and at some point in time, you know, you can't allow another man or a situation put you in a situation to feel disrespected. You know, but I just personally, and, and that's me speaking because I'm I'm looking outside and you know about the situation. But mm-hmm. I just would stay away, you know, like all these rappers, you know, you hear about the beef and everything, you know. And there's, and there's some people that I wouldn't mind working with, but I just don't do certain things, you know, like the playing and, the, you know, it's cool. We could joke and everything else, but at some point in time, you know, I don't, I don't 
um, get down with the disrespect. And it just seems like some of them are known for it. You know, they're known for trolling on Facebook and everything else. And I don't do all that. I don't do the lip boxing. I don't, you know, I don't go back and forth on the Twitter and everything. And I have. I'm not going to say I haven't. I have when I was younger, you know, but um, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not right. going to do it, you know. Yeah. And, and that's the situation I feel right now. Could, could it be a situation where I feel like I do have to fight? I, it, yeah. You know, anything is possible, but as it stands right now, I wouldn't do it, you know. And I'm not I'm not judging nobody, you know, who am I to judge them because they sin differently to me. You know, that's my model, you know, but so, but in other news. In other news, the, um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going. Okay, yeah, no. I was just going to say that our show for Saturday it's um, because we did cancel last uh, Saturday's show. This Saturday it will be the same topic: HIV/AIDS. Do you know your status? So be on the lookout for our sexy Saturday show um, at ten thirty. 10:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So yeah, so back to you, Bob. What were you gonna say? <laughs> and you know that that subject is usually not touched, talked about much. You know, HIV/AIDS. Of course, you know everybody else is caught up in the COVID-19 and everything. But AIDS is still a real thing. And some people are just you know playing craps. They're throwing their dick on the table. They push the, well, their vagina on the table and you know, and just hoping for the best, you know. Right, but yeah, so, yeah, that will be Saturday. Yeah, you know, we'll talk about some things and uh, say some things and mention some things. Oh. And <laughs> right, and, and I <laughs> forgot uh, the last time that we had the show, um, I forgot to talk about the movie that George uh uh, Foreman movie. It was really good. Mm. Oh my gosh, it's a must see. Um, if you have not seen it, go check it out. It's a really good movie. So that's all I'm going to say because I don't want to spoil the movie for anyone <laughs> that has that haven't seen it. And remember, I'm just now finding out that this man is a boxer because I thought George Foreman was only a grill. So, like, even my mom, like, I was telling her about the movie. So even she knew about it. Like, she knew he was a boxer. So all this time, I'm just thinking George Foreman was just a grill. But it's, uh, it was a really good movie, a really good movie. Thanks a lot for laughing in my face. Thanks a lot, actually. I could help We're going to discuss this later. I said, oh, she thought it was an hour and a half movie about a grill. <laughs> well, well, when I was asked to go to the movies, I'm, I was just like, yeah, yeah, you talking about the George Foreman grill? And then um, he was like, no, uh, a, a boxer. He's a boxer. So, yeah. Oh my gosh! How embarrassing! 
I just keep on embarrassing myself. First, I'm talking about uh, my um, marriage that should have never happened. Just a total embarrassment. (laughs) And now now I'm embarrassing myself about this grill. But, ah, yeah, and other news. That's why you don't get drunk. That's why you don't get drunk and go to Vegas, because you never know who you wake (laughs) up married to. (laughs) Yeah. That is true. That is true. <laughs> I'm I'm going to be very careful with my next marriage, and I'm not going to diss uh, my uh, ex-husband. I'm not going to diss him. The marriage just should have never been. But mm-hmm. um, the just you know my next marriage, I'm just going to be very careful. I'm going to move very differently. So you're a um, brave one. But yet. Yeah, definitely. I I really am. But um yeah, so what about did you hear about the brother from California that drove 730 miles to Utah and killed his other brother? Yeah, I did hear um a little about it, you know, ins and outs, you know, and it's like damn. Everyone is you know. crazy. We we really need to uh, probably do a show on maybe gun violence. The only thing I can say is it's just it's getting worse. It's like no matter what, like no matter how many school shootings or whatever, it just does not stop. Like a few days ago, the shooting in Texas at the mall, like everybody is going mad. Everybody is crazy. For no reason. This has nothing to do with COVID. People are just crazy, and that's it. I have no idea why they are crazy, but they are. Well, I, I, I'm i going to tell you, man, I think COVID did expose some things to people. That's why I said that, because to, you keep saying you know, about COVID, these people were already crazy. No, I'm, I'm not saying they weren't. I'm not saying they weren't. But think about this. The whole entire life, this was the first time outside was closed everywhere people were going home with, with they were staying home with their family that they probably didn't care too much about a marriage they wanted out of the kids think about the kids that were being abused at home and the only time and the only piece they get away from that abuse is in school or they get to eat you know and i think that was a big thing too because they started doing the um the lunches and stuff at the schools for the kids. You know, it's like, oh, if your kids stay at home, you know. But then they was like, oh, let's give them food stamps and let's do this and let's do that, you know. And it just, I think it just created a bunch of a bunch of rhetoric, you know. Um, I I just think that it, it it added on, you know. Mental health starts from a trauma, from PTSD a lot of times. You know, some people might be mentally ill and don't realize until something triggers it, you know. and who's Yeah, but this that, is a um, lot of triggers, so these people are just well, crazy for no reason. I hear you're you. You're not in but... everybody's household. You're not in everybody's household, you know. I just know that, you know, some things that I don't care for, some things I care for, you know. And, you know, that's what makes the world go round because we all think differently. Okay, but I heard this. Okay, right. I agree. Okay, yeah, I agree with that statement that you just made. But look at the guy in Atlanta who killed 
um, what, uh, well, he shot, what, like five girls and one of them died? I don't remember. I know um, the last time I had seen it, it was like one person had died and there was a few in critical condition. So I never did get an update on what else happened. But so his mom said that he had been trying to get help or whatever, but this is um, how I see it. Like, yeah, he could have been mental, but he shot these people that he know he had no business shooting, and then he's running and hiding. He has sense enough to run and hide. So why did you shoot them if you're about to run and hide? I don't know. Part is goddamn, I don't know. It's just always another crazy story. Well, that doesn't, you know, just because a person has a mental issue or... It's not a reason uh, um, to go shooting people. I'm not saying it is. I never said it was. I never said it was. But you don't know what that person's final straw was. Everybody You don't know has, what that person's final uh, straw Okay, all of Mm -hmm. us have a little craziness in us. Everybody can be crazy. Everybody um, is capable of murder. But, I mean, I'm just saying, I I mean, I've had things happen to me. I've been sad. I've been angry and hurt and everything. But I don't want to go kill nobody. Oh, it's just, And that's your thought process. It's your thought process. And that should be everyone's um, thought process process because nobody has the right to go take in anyone's life. If you're mad, if you're mental, if you're that mental and you want to go around killing, just start with yourself and just leave it at that. I'm not telling anybody to commit suicide, but I am telling you if you feel like you want to go into a building and shoot up a bunch of people, just start with your own self if you can't uh, get any help. Don't go take in the innocent lives of these innocent children and people at the grocery store and at the mall and at the movie and at the church. Like, no, it just, it needs to stop. Well, this country is built off of, off of do as I say, not as I do, you know? So you think about it. I'm going to play the devil's advocate for a second, you know? Mm -hmm. How many times the government has killed somebody to show that killing is wrong? How many times they've executed the wrong person? You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying that is great as, but it's a comparison too. You understand what I'm saying? So this country is built off of mental illness. Because we <laughs> think about it, man. The, the 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 Indians, the land was taken from them. You know what made them think that it was right to do it? You understand what I'm saying? So you know, and I'm not saying it's equal to. I'm just saying a comparison of. You know, like. It just, it just, a lot of stuff ain't right, but it's going to always be, you know. We'll never have a moment where we're not going to have an issue. We're not going to have a situation because that's just how the world goes. And then you think about it, the news eggs it on more, you know, because they report yeah. it and, and they report what they want to report. You know, they do, they, you know, they, they, they set it up so you can see certain things that will trigger people. You know, I think the country and the world is just sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, these uh, let's, let's talk about the veterans, you know, uh, the situation with them. They've served this country, and so many of them are homeless or suffer from mental illness. You see, some of them do uh, suicide by cops. They'll do something so that they can get killed, you know, because they're tired of 
living in the demons inside their mind, you know, and, and it's just crazy, you know. It's, it's the world just can just, you know, it's, it's a lot of things going on that don't make sense, you know, but it doesn't make sense to us, but it's a big deal to somebody else. And I'm not saying that, oh, what they did was right, you know. I'm just saying it made sense to them at the time that they're doing it. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to the victims. You know, I think it was nine dead and three critically injured, and one of the nine was the actual shooter himself, you know. It's a victim every day. Like like I said, even with the guy that drove uh, to his brother's house, killed his brother, he tried to kill the wife. Thank God that she did survive, and he had a shootout with the cops, and he's dead like he should be because, I mean, I don't know what the hell was he thinking. Like, you think you're going to kill your brother and his wife and blow up the house and get away? Somebody had called 911, one of the neighbors, as they should have. And I think that is the best thing to do if you hear any gunshots um, because you just never know what's going on in the house next door. You just never know. Yeah. I just think that uh, we live in a world of cluelessness that a lot of times <laughs> things are are are, um, are overlooked. You understand what I'm saying? Like sometimes people show signs before they even do things, and we're so used to everybody being a mind to the mind of your own business because from where, where I grew up, I'm, I'm originally from New York. And we mind our business. We don't get involved in nobody else's business. You 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 don't even know your neighbor. You can live on that block twenty years, and you probably don't even know your neighbor's name. You know them by sight. You say hey every once in a while, but that's about it. I didn't know none yeah. of my neighbors. You understand what I'm saying? Now now this is where it changes though. If you grew up in like the projects or everything, of course y'all know each other. Y'all go to school with each other. Y'all play with each other. Those are the only kids you know. But, like, when you live in a house setting or whatever, a lot of times you don't know your neighbor. You know, you stay to yourself. You mind your business, you know. And we always, our heads are always on a swivel. Our heads are so much on a swivel, we'll look like a damn owl, you know. And we know you're bound to see anything in New York. You've been on the subway, you're bound to see anything. So everything is suspicious to us, you know what I'm saying? And I think we just live in a world that people are clueless. People, you know, they they got into the, the mindset of minding their own business, and they're not aware, you know, especially the kids, you know, when you get the school shootings. And teachers, I'm not saying that they should, ah, that's a, I because I have a bunch of friends that are teachers and everything, and sometimes they be like, well, we didn't know the kid was having problems, or how do you know the kid will hide it or whatever. You know, a lot of times when I was growing up, the guidance counselor always took us out of the class and brought us in the in a room or whatever, and they would talk to us, and it would be a group of us or whatever, you know. And um, I don't know if they're still doing that in the schools. And a lot of times, you know, a friend or somebody would say, yo, such and such is fighting with this person, they arguing with this person, you know, but these kids are so close where they won't even talk about certain things anymore, you know, so... It's like you yeah. damn if you do and damn if you don't. No, 
don't know. I'm just not gonna. I don't see any uh, pot of gold on the end of this rainbow. It's just gonna get worse, or something else that's gonna happen is gonna be worse than the last thing. You know. Just you know, I just hope and pray that nobody, you know, and 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 you all you can do is hope and pray that nobody you know get caught up in a situation like that. But I believe in six degrees of separation. Somebody that you know knows somebody that you know, or they're connected to you somehow. You know, and the best example of that, you go on Facebook and you click on a couple of friends and you see a couple of friends that you are, you have in common. Then you say, hey, how do you know, sister? Oh, that's my friend. Or that's my cousin, or you you understand what I'm saying? So it's just it's, yeah. just, it's just crazy, you know. But hopefully we won't have to report okay. something else crazy, but I'm pretty sure we will. But, but in other news. Okay, well, yes, in other news, I'm really uh, super excited about our guest that's coming on the show today for Thoughtful Tuesday. Mm-hmm. That, this mm-hmm. brother is a good dude to know. He, um, Well, we'll get into the interview and everything, like I said. Um, okay, I can let I'm him in bring... now. Okay. What, what, what were you going to say? No, no, no. Yeah, you can let him in. Okay. Okay. Hey, cowboy. Yo, brother, what's good? <laughs> you good, my brother. You good. How's <laughs> <laughs> life treating you, man? Hey, man, I can't complain, brother. Yeah. Everything is lovely. Yeah. Glad I, and I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I've been watching some of the Absolutely. things that are going on the um, – on that range, putting them oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> But you got a good instructor. We need to bring um, Rockweller on the show, too, one day, you know. Yeah, um, no doubt. Rockweller's a mutual friend of ours, that he was a Marine sniper. And, uh, well, you know, I could, I could tell Cowboy story. I'm going to let Cowboy tell his story, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, but... Um, but yeah, man, I appreciate you. You know, you've been doing a lot of big things, and um, you was away for a minute in California doing your thing, you know. And we gotta definitely, cause you gotta tell me some more stories about that that uh that overnight with you and the uh, Martell Barbie dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that that warehouse, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But let, yes. me, let me get into the um, to the questioning, you know, okay. um, if you don't mind. So my first question to you is, how did you get started? Well, after I did my uh, law enforcement tour and everything, man, I started working for United Airlines as a ground security coordinator. And, you know, I actually started in nightclubs, though. But then once I started wanting more, I said, this ain't, you know, this is just something, a stepping stone. When I started working for United, I ran into Mia. And I never worked that late hours. And I ran into Mia one night coming up Delta. 
And I noticed I didn't see any, I just seen females, but I didn't see any bodyguards or whatever, and I introduced myself to her. And uh, that's how I got started, bro. You know, like I said, it was first in the nightclub. Like I said, I wanted more. And then I started doing the bodyguard thing back in 91. Okay, okay. So, um, hold on one second. My thing just closed out. I'm sorry, man. Forgive me. Okay, so, um, so how does one become a bodyguard, you know? Good question. Um, you know, bodyguards are actually not hired, brother. They're chosen. If you look at most of the celebrities, matter of fact, let's use Kevin Hart for an example. Every bodyguard around him, every security around him, it's his boys he grew up with. Because being a bodyguard, you you can see something and you don't see it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're actually not, they're not, they're not hired, they're chosen. Okay, okay. So um, what training have you had to get, you know, this far into the game? What the what now? What training have you had to get this far into oh. the game? Oh, well, man, let's see. I've, I've got DLET training, basic law enforcement training. I have martial arts training. Um, shoot, we've done multiple, multiple security training. We've done uh, executive protection training. Uh, that's taught by uh, law enforcement and sheriff departments. Um, others are trained by special forces. It's just like uh, when you're doing a – I'll use Secret Service for an example. You know, you, it's an extensive training you have to go through, and it's a class you got to go through to become a bodyguard, you know. Uh, anybody can come mm-hmm. to security, but it's a training regiment you have to go through to, uh, to get into bodyguard classes. Okay, okay. Um, what training have you done? Like, um, well, I, well um, excuse me, what – how long have you uh, – let me get my thought together. <laughs> How often do you trade? That's the question. I mean, okay. How often yeah. do you trade? Yeah. I'm... In, the, in the security aspect, I train – I have to go do my uh, credentials every two years. But my training, my martial arts training is every day. My shooting training is every three days. Well, every, every week is every week. Uh, and then anything else like that, I'm doing also do corporate security as well to keep up on my my training and keep all my credentials up. Okay. Okay. Now, Austin, um, who are your main clients that you've had in the past or that you're working for now? Still, Mia, she's still my main client, even though she uh, retired from boxing and Paris Hilton. Okay, okay. Now, I want to ask you a question because you, you made comment to it before about, you know, everybody can be a security, but not everybody can be executive, you know. Um, so what's the difference between security, executive protection, and bodyguard work? Okay. Security, uh, you're hired by like a, a company, or you hired by mm-hmm. an individual, let's say a club or a bar. The owner is for the uh, GM hired you individually. That's security. Executive mm-hmm. protection is like, uh, let's say, the Hilton Hotel, okay? 
Mm-hmm. And you that's your that's your prime your prime residence. You know, that's you have to protect that that building. That's exactly protecting everybody coming in that building is like a CEO or somebody that's your main job. You have to protect every mm-hmm. uh CEO, every big name celebrity or whatever coming that that spot, that's executive. Okay, those are hired. Okay. Bodyguards are with the client twenty four seven. You know, they might just, just like this, like with the Hiltons, they got a uh, a guest house behind the big house. And mm. the security, if they're doing a big event, security stays there. That's a bodyguard. You're with them 24-7. But they chose you because they could trust you, and you've been with them, and you've done so much, and you've earned their trust, and you uh, see how loyal, loyal, the loyalty lies with them. Okay, okay. So I, I can only assume that you enjoy your job, or is that a, oh, man, uh, I, a an assumption? I love it. I promise. I, I wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world. Okay, okay. How often do you travel? Oh, I travel every week. Every week I'm gone, and I live out of suitcase, brother. <laughs> I live out of suitcase. Sometimes, <laughs> if, but especially when let's say this when when um. Award season is, is the worst. Well, I wouldn't say the worst. It's the best because, you know, you, you're traveling a lot, and you got celebrities going here. You got celebrities going there, you know. And now, to be honest with you, uh, they don't, my business card is, is, is useless to now because now it's word of mouth, you know. Uh, if Mia yeah. calls me, me and Mia, we, we stay in contact with each other every day, every day or every week mm-hmm. with text or whatever. If she calls me, I know for a fact that I'm about to get her to go somewhere or another celebrity about to call me. She'll say, hey, listen, such and such is going to call you. I gave him your number. I told him your fee was, and I'm giving you the heads up. Anytime she calls my phone, I know somebody else is about to call me. Okay, okay. Now, what would you get, What advice would you give somebody if they wanted to be a bodyguard? Don't look at it for the money. Don't, the money is great, but don't look at it for the money because that's when you start getting blind, and that's when you start dropping the ball and being doing what you're supposed to do. You know, uh, get mm-hmm. in it if that's what you love to do. You know, if, if that's a passion, that's always been a passion for me. Um, I don't know why, to be honest with you, law enforcement and, and, and security and bodyguards has always been a passion for me from day one, even when I was in junior high. But don't do it for the money. Do it for the passion. Do it for or uh, if you like what you do, I tell you, it's it's you're gonna you're gonna love getting up, getting dressed, and going to work. It's not gonna never be a day you say, "Oh man, I hate this job. Oh, I got to get up and go to work." No, I've never felt like that, never. So don't just okay. get in for the passion. Don't get in for the money. The money's good though. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever lost a close friend that was a celebrity? Absolutely, man. Um, lost my boy, Christoph. And I started working with Mia, like I said, in 1991. I met Christoph mm-hmm. in 92. And Christoph mm-hmm. said something to me, man. I still have this text to this day when I first met him. And I was doing this when mm-hmm. his kids were small, brother. And mm-hmm. he said, I finally got to meet the man behind the name. And everybody in L.A. knows me as Ralph, everybody in, in, the, in the West Coast. Everybody in the East Coast knows me by Cowboy. But anyway, he said, I finally got to see the name, I'm the, the face with the name. 
He said, I appreciate you looking after my ex-wife, my best friend, and my kids. He said, you're not just her bodyguard, your family. Brother, that touched me. He told me that. We've been tight ever since. I got his personal number still yeah. in my phone, never take, took it out, and I'm not going to take it out. He told me, if you ever need anything, use my number. I got so many contacts like that. But that was, that was a true, what y'all seen on TV with him, that was really him. He was a passionate guy. Yeah. Great, great guy, man. I, I, when, when I got that call, man, I, was, I thought I was dreaming. Yeah. Yeah, I know that was, I, I know that was hard hitting because I think you had a picture of you and him on your page for a while. You yeah, know? yeah. And um, I said, damn, you know. I know, um, I remember when uh, <laughs> when you were doing the security for the Hardys, and uh, I met Matt and uh, MVP at a, um, what was it, Denny's, I think it was. Okay. And uh, I was with, with Free, me and Free, and this was when Kimbo Slice was still alive. So okay. MVP was talking crazy to me, right? So then he was like, yo, big man. He said, why don't you do a fight with my boy Kimbo? So we and Freeze are talking trash to him. So then um, I said, yo, Matt, I said, I know you know Cowboy. He said, oh, Ralph. And so I laughed. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's my man, yo. He said, yo, we'll set the fight up. We'll set the fight up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like, yo, we'll set the fight up. He said, you know, Ralph, he says, yo, we can set the fight up. You want to set the fight up? Yeah, you yeah. Know, but, uh, yeah, man, I had some, uh, we, and me and you personally have had some great times together. We've um, worked with a couple of people together, you know, and I have one. We ain't got to say her name. One <laughs> night we was uh, working this party. <laughs> And she was on, okay, I'll say a couple of people that was there. Jason Weaver was there, and I had Maya yep. that night. Yeah, Maya. And Cowboy yeah. yeah. had somebody else, I can say her name, and she <laughs> turned Hollywood on us. Boy, Cowboy cursed her slam out. I said, oh, my God, we lost the contract. <laughs> and then she was Cowboy's best friend for the rest of the night. <laughs> you, know, so you want me to tell you something funny? What's that? I'm going to tell you. I ran, in her, ran into her last year at Sunset Tower Hotel in Hollywood, bro. Uh-huh. I showed really? her the pictures, right? Uh-huh. She got... She stood up and gave me the biggest hug. She said, oh, my God, can I see those pictures? And she said, this seems like forever. She said, you kept these? I said, oh, yeah, all these are in my, in my scrapbook, my scrapbook. <laughs> these ain't going nowhere. She gave me the biggest hug. I yeah. started laughing because the first person I thought about was you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, my God, we know the contract. <laughs> I said, God, well, you got to let this woman say what you got <laughs> it's, it's, Yvonne, I'll tell you more about that story. That story was hilarious, you know. But um, with all that's happened, Cowboy, you know, with everything, you know, the different celebrities, the different places you've been or whatever, do you think you would ever sit down and write a book? I would not. And I'll tell you the reason why, man. Okay. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot. I've heard a lot. And these celebrities, these 
uh, people uh, that everybody see on TV or hear on the radio, man, they trusted me. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't see myself yeah. uh, trying to uh, cash out uh, some money because they, they trusted me. And for Mia and her family and Paris to trust me and for Mia to say and, and Chris to say that I was family, I could never do that, bro. Yeah. And I, you know, everybody I always asks, you know, would you ever write a book? No, I can't do it. Money, all money ain't good money. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I totally agree, you know. Um, now, I know I know the answer to this next question, but I'm going to ask and see if you're going to be honest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. as a bodyguard, have you ever had to put your hands on someone? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I only had to do it twice, yeah. though. I only had to do it twice. Twice, uh, okay. One, Twice that somebody could have been recording, or just twice. <laughs> hey, listen. The, the first one, no. The second one got recorded. Yeah, I know. And, and I'm take, <laughs> the first one. We was in uh, we was in Texas, we was in Dallas, and mm. this guy wanted. This was before Mia retired, and mm. this guy kept wanting pictures with Mia. Mia took pictures. He wanted an autograph. Mia did the autograph. She even gave him a playbook book. She even signed everything. And so him and his friends, his buddy kept kept following us. We got in the elevator. They jumped in the elevator with us. So I grabbed both of them by the neck, and I jumped out of the elevator. But good thing about it, uh, uh, Dallas police were still in the lobby. And they came over, and I told them what happened. So they, they arrested the guys for trespassing and all like that. That was the first time. Now, the second time was like three or four years ago, right? <laughs> we were doing a big uh, event at the Hilton's, right? They were doing their anniversary. Uh-huh. Man, wasn't nothing but millionaires there, okay? So I'll never yeah. forget this. This one guy was getting all intoxicated, whatever, whatever. I was ready to put him out. But Mr. Hilton told me no because he knew Paris. So, okay, I let it go. Mm. So Paris' brother went to the dad. After he broke one of the expensive uh, wine, I mean, uh, wine bottles. It was like three grand, right? Mm-hmm. So her brother said something to the dad. The dad came by me like this, bro. This was funny. He said, take him out. Man, I grabbed that dude. <laughs> <laughs> and then mind you, it one but three floors. We got on the elevator, one but three floors, right? I tossed uh, him out. We was in Beverly Hills. I tossed him in the street. No lie. By the time I came back upstairs, Paris said, "Hey, Ralph, damn, you just you throttled this dude and showed me the video on her phone that somebody sent to her." <laughs> so there's a TMZ out there. That's what you're saying, <laughs> bro. Listen, I don't know. Essie, I don't know how they did it. It didn't. It was only three floors. It didn't last five minutes. By the time I threw him in the street and came back upstairs, she called me over there and showed me the video. She said, look what somebody just sent me. What? Oh, man. All right. So my next question to you, Cowboy, is what's the scariest moment you've had doing bodyguard work? And then I'm going to ask what's the scariest moment you had doing executive training? The scariest moment, let me think. 
Uh, I would say when we had when we had like Holly Berry and all them doing the red carpet, and you get all the mm. fans trying to rush. And there's only a barrier up, up there. You know, you can push those barriers down. Um, yeah. Alicia Keys was there. Holly Berry was there. Denzel, everybody was there. This was at Sunset Towers. And everybody, the scariest moment when everybody kept trying to rush that barrier, and I kept seeing it sway in. I mean, we got everybody out, but that was scary because it could have been, it could have went left easy. It could have, yeah. because everybody was sitting right there in the front. And if they came in there, I mean, I could have, got my client out, but that ain't the point. I mean, she could have got injured or something or something, but that was scary. Yeah. Okay. What's the most, what's the most scariest moment in executive training? Cause a lot of people, okay. So I'm going to try to explain it to everybody a little about it. Executive training deals with a lot of fast paced decision-making. You, you Correct. draw your weapon. You might have a, you might have a malfunction. If you don't know how to to, to um, either holster your weapon or address the issue, you might have to go hands-on. And when you go hands-on, you don't know if that person has a weapon or whatever. So what's your most scariest moment in executive training? Okay. You want to know the scariest moment in training or you want to know what I did when I was doing executive protection in California? I can tell you that one. Now, the scariest okay. moment you can tell the both. Dude, yeah. The dude jumped on our maitre d', okay? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they came and got me. I, and the dude didn't look like he was no threat. He came in with a suit. He looked like a normal guy. And evidently, yeah. he didn't like what the maitre d' said, and he punched our maitre d'. Maitre d' had a big bruise. So I grabbed the guy, and we was tussling. And this is the funny thing. It was crowded in there. And the people never mm-hmm. moved, right? I'm tossing this guy yeah. all on the table. He threw $100 bills all over the place. Still nobody moved. I grabbed him. I got him in a rear naked choke. And I'm looking like this, and then I see four dots, four red dots. LAPD come in. They never got through their weapons. So I had to roll off with it so they wouldn't shoot me with it. At the end of when mm-hmm. all this done, I did my report. And I'm asking these guys why they didn't mm-hmm. move. No lie, I cannot make this up. They said, oh, we thought y'all was filming a movie. That's why they didn't move. <laughs> this is doing the executive session. I'm dead ass serious. <laughs> and I'm looking at, because I asked That's what we were talking about me? earlier. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. No, I said that's what we yeah, were talking about earlier. I said people are clueless nowadays. Yeah, yeah. They, you know. they sit there and say, oh, we thought y'all was filming a movie. That's why we didn't. We thought we was an extra. What? This is real life fighting now. <laughs> and the scariest training, the scariest yeah. training is when um, we were doing shooting training and the AR blew up. Mm. Yeah, it blew up. Mm. Yeah. Okay. As soon as it pulled the trigger, that trigger blew up. What? Okay, my next question, I'm glad you said that because my next question is, what is your weapon of choice, and what weapons have you trained with? As far as I know, you've done some nice stuff, but I'm talking about like firearms. My firearm, the one I, I carry now, is my uh, Glock, my Glock 21. It's a four, a 45. 
I'm also trained with uh, Canic. I just bought a new Canic uh, rival. And I also have, uh, that's a 9 millimeter. I got a Glock 19, Glock 21. Um, I like to keep my 45. My 45 mm. is my duty weapon, and my new Canic is my secondary weapon. Mm. So, so I keep a 45 and a 9 with me at all times. And then my trunk, I keep my two ARs, my five five sixes. Okay. Now, okay. Um, are celebrities, you know, my next question would be, you know, because somebody's probably listening to this and be like, wow, that sounds exciting. I want to do that, you know. Are, you know, in your, you know, in your past, are celebrities easy to work with or work for? Um, good question. You, you. It all depends on who you work with. But here's the deal. If you stay out of their way and stay out of their conversation and just do what you're supposed to do, yeah, they're so easy to work with and work for. They will bring you in, and there is nothing. You'll be just like, like with Mia. They'll call your family. I stay out of business, out of their business, because that's none of my business. My business gets you to yeah. and from. All right? So mm. I tell you this, rest in peace to my boy Roger. Um, I took him and Gordy went, went uh, with me to uh, New Mexico when Mia was fighting in New Mexico. And this is what mm-hmm. I told him. I said, y'all can talk to Mia. We can laugh it up when we go to dinner. I said, but the night of the fight and doing weigh-in, I said, do not bother her because she's getting focused, right? So yeah. we on our way to the, to the arena. I'm sitting beside Mia. Roger and Gordy in the back of the limo. She had her earpieces in, listening to music, getting you know, getting herself straight. Man, Roger tapped her on the shoulder and said, Hey Mia, are there any police helicopters in Albuquerque? Bro <laughs> man, man I turned around and stared a hole in him, bro. He, Gordy said You know what? You know the N word. Didn't he say he said, Man, what's up? <laughs> Man, yeah, that he did, he did that, man. He did that, bro. He told me, Is there any police helicopter in Albuquerque? What? <laughs> if people are unaware, when when you go to fights and stuff, um, the fighters that you you know when you get in them ready for the fight. You, you you can't bother them. You can't talk about taking pictures or whatever because their minds mm-hmm. on the fight. You don't need no mm-hmm. distractions or anything. So a lot of people don't know that, and if they do, they 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 lose track of it because they're so caught up into the the moment, you know. And I and I and I have a couple of stories like that too, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's just people not knowing, you know. You be like, you don't interrupt the fighter when he's getting ready because he. He's zoning. He or she is zoning. Exactly. And you don't want to yeah. broke, break that zone, you know? Correct. Um, but to, yeah. so to finish answering that question, it all depends on who you who you work with and just mind your business. Once you mind your business, yeah. I promise you they're easy because you do what you're supposed to do and you get out. You know, no extra. You know, I don't sit there. I've never asked for autographs. I never asked for pictures. When you do see pictures, they always say they're – like Lionel Richie called me the house. He said, man, you big as a house. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, he said, hey, I want the house to take a picture with me. I'm always going to say yes, but I will never initiate that. 
So, like I said, I, I, I yeah. stay in my lane. Yeah, yeah. And you know it's crazy, and that and that's the difference between security and bodyguard work. Because a lot of times when you do security, you ask for the picture because that you'll probably never see that person again. Or you want to show people like, hey, this is you know I do security with or whatever. So I had to learn that too with um with with that. You know, I've done some security before, and I've done some executive stuff. I've done some you know bodyguard stuff on some one on one. You know, so I I know I learned the difference, and there is a difference. You know, and Correct. he and he's right because I remember me and Big Chris, we did security for um. Uh, what's his name? Oh man, Dougie Fresh, and he he okay. looked at he looked at Chris, and he's like, "Man, how tall are you?" And Chris says, seven one." He's like, "Jesus Christ!" He says, "Your knees hurt, don't you?" <laughs> you <know? laughs> and he's like, "Yo, can I take a picture with y'all?" <laughs> you know? And I was like, "Okay, so you could tell the difference, you know." And and it was no thing yeah. of us being like, "Yo, can we, you know, can we get this picture, or whatever, whatever?" You know, he was willing, and he was like, "Yo, I'm gonna take a picture with you, or whatever," you know. But um, man, well, I cowboy, have to say this, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I have yeah. to say this, man. I've always been a Dolph Lundgren fan, right? When I met him in L.A., man, he came to me. Now, he's 6'5". I'm only 6'4". He's 6'5". Big dude. He came to me. He said, hey, big guy, how are you? You know, we we started chopping it up. We became friends, man. He introduced me to his daughters. He was walking to the bathroom one time and told his two daughters, stay right here. He said, can you watch them for me? Bro, to have somebody in that stature and that uh, level, right, and to trust his family with you, man, bro, I mean, yeah. So that picture you seen with me and him, he said, hey, man, let's uh, take a picture together. Man, that meant a lot yeah. to me, brother. Okay, okay, okay. Now, oh, yeah, this is another question because, you know, everybody watches movies and they'd be like, I wonder if, you know, the bodyguard with um, Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner, that really happened. So have you ever had any of the female celebrities or their daughters try to get your number? Yes. And you ain't got to say no names. Right you ain't got to say no names. I ain't going to say no names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, man, these celebrities, these female celebrities are so laid back. And the way they talk, though, I, I ain't going to say no names. It was four ladies, very well-known actresses, right, mm-hmm. walking out. So I'm standing there, make sure nobody, no TMZ, nobody come up and bother them because they were just finished eating dinner. I'm standing right there. They started talking about lady bits, right? I walked away. No lie, I walked away. You know what they said? What the fuck you going? What? They said, I said, <laughs> they said, oh, you act like you ain't never heard about before. But in my mind, they don't talk like that. You feel me? But yeah, yeah. They keep talking about lady bits. I walked away and they said, yeah, what the fuck you going? <laughs> <laughs> Cowboy, man, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. 
And uh, oh, thank you for sharing your stories with us. You know, we definitely got to get you back. Um, how is the, yes. oh, so yes. I got another question before you get off. How is the, okay. um, the strike with everything affected you? With the what? With the actors and every with the actors on the WGA striking and everything, how has that affected you, or has it? Well, it, it really don't, man, because most of them, they don't go out like okay, you know how people go out like every weekend or every day. Mm-hmm. They don't go out like that. So when they do go mm-hmm. out, if they do an event or they do a a uh, let's say they did a podcast and they had to go in or they did a radio uh, interview or something. They are calling mm-hmm. stuff like that really don't affect me because mm-hmm. it's not in the they're not in the midst of everything if if that makes sense yeah yeah you know? yeah, yeah so it yeah it doesn't and I have to before I go man I'm gonna have to give a shout out to a couple of people uh, that actually helped me with oh, this yeah. you know I'm gonna have to give a shout out to the St John Mia St John and her family uh, Mr okay. Jeff Klein who owns Sunset Tower Hotel who's, man, I'm going to tell you, he, he gave me a, a great break in everything, man. Kathy Hilton, uh, Paris Hilton mom, of course. And I got to give out my uh, shout-out to my boy, Rottweiler, 610 Tactical, who's helping me get in because he's a sergeant major, and we're training with special forces. So he's keeping me on my toes. So I had to give those guys a shout-out. Yeah. And if somebody, um, I got another question. If somebody wanted to hire you for uh, personal uh, executive work, because you'd be surprised on how many business, you know, and I'm talking to the people that's listening, you'd be surprised on how many um, businessmen use executive security. Yeah. You know, so if uh, do you have any contact information for anybody that's listening that needs you? or? Yeah, I, got, I can give them my North Carolina number and my California number. Right. So whenever you're ready, I can shoot it to you. Oh, yeah. If uh, you want to stay on the air or you want me to, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I can stay on the air right now. My my uh, North okay. Carolina number, it is 336-929-1303. My L.A. number is 818-968-3640. So they All can right. call me either one or they can call, they can contact me, call, uh, text. These, these phones stay on 24-7. I never turn them off, so. Again, Cowboy, I appreciate you, man, and I do apologize because we do normally end the show with giving you your contact information. I do apologize for that, man. We all good, brother, um, and I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, we definitely going to bring you back. Definitely going to bring you back because I know you got a huge project coming out. Thank you. um, Thank you, my lady. You and a couple of other people, you know, because – I got a couple of other people that's doing big things right now that was on the show previously, and they did the, the projects or whatever, and I want to bring it back on the show to talk about the project. So you definitely, I know you got something huge to come up, and uh, I think you're going to have to wait more so when this strike and everything is over to, you know, really we talk about it. You know, hopefully we can bring you back and we talk about it. Or you can just give us some new updates on what's going on in the executive world, the security world, the bodyguard world. You know? Absolutely, brother. So, all right, man. Appreciate you again, my brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. So we want to thank everyone so much for tuning in to the show, and that does it for us. Again, thanks for tuning in, and join us on Saturday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Good night, everybody.
Good night, everybody.